Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California. That's J-Rock with his song, Win, and it's exactly what LAFC needed to do last night. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly, sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company, embrace life. Drink good beer. Well, we drank it in at Bank of California Stadium. Superman, Chris uh, Christian Ramirez, gets on the score sheet not once but twice for the first time in his LAFC career after his uh, debut earlier. This was his first start, and it went well. Let's just say that as LAFC get by RSL, a dismal road team under Mike Petke, and a 2-0 victory they had to have at Bank of California Stadium. You heard my call there here on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN app. It was a great game to do, actually a lot of fun. LAFC back to their winning ways, now on 39 points. LA Galaxy had stumbled earlier in the week on Tuesday, the day before, getting just a draw against Colorado Rapids. Rapids are playing much better with Kellen Acosta. Yeah, you know what? It's funny with the Colorado Rapids that nobody wants to talk about is the Rapids tried to build with championship players and i'm talking from the english championship right they went after and got a bunch of guys from teams from the championship how'd that go how'd that go mls hater how did that go for colorado well then they go and make a move for kellen acosta and now they're playing better football so they get the point against la galaxy the two teams in la really are just absolutely embroiled in the Western Conference. LAFC now currently sitting 39 points, third behind Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City, of course, beat LAFC earlier last week, or late last week, but earlier in the schedule, and have a game at hand. They're both on 39 points. FC Dallas just on 42, though. And LA Galaxy now on 37. They could have been on 39 if they would have held on to beat Colorado. So everything tightening. Portland Timbers, to be fair, are on 37 points as well. They got two games in hand against LAFC, three against the Galaxy, though. And RSL is in that final playoff spot currently on 35 points. But Vancouver and Seattle are breathing down their necks, even Minnesota with an outside shot to possibly creep back into the playoff race. Although trading Christian Ramirez, I don't know how much that helps. Oh, by the way, Superman, Christian Ramirez. Yeah, how about at 7.30 tonight? He's going to be right here with me on Soccer Weekly. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number to get involved. Plus, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer, to continue the conversation. And there is big news out of MLS, but it's from a business perspective. Austin, Texas. Yeah, ATX. The city council voted earlier this week, actually yesterday, a 7-4 to four to approve that term sheet. This is from Jeff Carlisle over at ESPN.com. He's a U.S. soccer correspondent, and I'm reading from his article. Precourt Sports Ventures, PSV as it's known, who owns Columbus Crew, they've been pushing to try to move this team to Austin. Well, it's uh, the term sheet that they agreed to. The city council voted 7-4 to agree with it. It outlines the details of a $200 million stadium and uh, you know all the other things of moving Columbus Crew to Austin. Now, I am so torn with this. I am. There are a lot of levels to this. There are certainly the human aspect of it. You don't want to see a team get moved. Right? You really don't. It happened to me with the the Cleveland Browns, which is actually part of the story, believe it or not, of Columbus Crew and the Austin City Council and pre-court 
I'll tell you that in just a second. Art Modell took the Cleveland Browns away. We all know that in the late 90s. Didn't get a team back for three seasons. Yeah, that that, that killed. That hurt. But it does happen, and it's happened in MLS. Houston Dynamo. They used to be San Jose. And then San Jose got another team. Is there a hope? A lot of people in Columbus, I'm reading on tweet, Twitter and tweets and stuff, they don't want to see the team go and then bring another one back necessarily. They want to keep the crew. Okay, I understand that. Somehow, though, I think you can probably get your name out of all this deal. I could be wrong on that, but it's a minor minor point. But there's something called the Modell Law in Ohio, and it's it's a law that was enacted after Art Modell did what he did to the Cleveland Browns and moving them to Baltimore. And it requires teams, this according again to Jeff Carlisle's great article, you can go read that at ESPN.com, it requires teams, sports teams, who've received state funding, they have to give six months' notice with any intention to relocate and allow local investors the option of acquiring the team. Now that's where it gets sticky, I would imagine. So, look, here's, here's just on a human level I'm torn, right? You never want to see a team go. The first ever MLS game I ever went to was a Columbus Crew game. And believe me, I, I remember the funny story on it. Actually, got to get a little details of this. They were the Columbus Crew were playing Alexi Lalas in the New England Revolution in the game I went to, and the Crew won late. And I'm talking. Remember when it used to count down the clock and it was over when it was over? And you know, this is the wacky days of early MLS. And the Crew won literally in the last seconds. And the fans at that time were they were playing at Ohio Stadium where Ohio State Buckeyes were playing. And the fans stormed the field. Now, there wasn't 85,000 people, but there were, you know, 15,000, 20,000, whatever. The fans start racing onto the field, cheering and celebrating. Oh, my gosh, the Columbus crew win late. And this is the first year of MLS, mind you. And a dude on the uh, the, PR, the the PA just gets on and says, please, uh, leave the field. And everybody just stopped celebrating, just walked off the field. <laughs> it's like this was not your normal hooligan crowd, certainly in soccer in those days in in, uh, in the United States of America, to be sure. So, yeah, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of invested in this. I had a buddy in high school who played for the Columbus Crew for literally a handful of games, and we the first ever jersey I had in MLS Columbus Crew jersey that yellow mess. So, I've got a lot invested in that sense. In terms of we all, if you love the league, you want to see what's best for it. It's not. It's not working great right there, right now, with this ownership, admittedly, right? That's all part of it. Like, he has, Precourt has wanted to move the team, and that's just, that's his right in a lot of ways. Now, if it's against the law, as it turns out, then that's a different story, right? But he owns the team. Now, at this point, can it be salvaged? I don't know. I, I doubt it. But maybe it is better if the team moves and they try to get another team in Columbus. Uh, now, I'm not saying that would happen. I know that's a tough thing. But because of this vote, you know, is there really that much of an opportunity to keep the team in Columbus? Hopefully we'll talk more about that in, a few, in weeks to come. But it is a tough situation. And it's just one of those where you're just like, yeah, you know, but it's business too. I mean, it is the hard reality. It has happened in MLS before. This is not a new thing. This is not against the fans in Columbus in the sense of that nobody's picking on them. It has happened before and other teams have been replaced and maybe maybe that eventually happens and hopefully so. Then you can have a nice rivalry with FC Cincinnati coming into the league. That would be fantastic. That to me would be the best of all situations. But I don't know. Admittedly, I don't know everything about it. 
And I'm not saying I want the crew to move. The optimal is that they ne- this would have never even come up. Believe me. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Did you see what Wayne Rooney did for D.C. United in that game? Tracking back like Wayne Rooney, hustling back in a 2-2 ball game, and Wayne Rooney getting it done with that deep ball. Now, of course, they went on to play yesterday and won when Rooney had a brace. So Wayne Rooney is doing amazing things. And now if you look at the Eastern Conference, D.C. United creeping up the standings with plenty of games in hand. Here's the thing, you haters, you MLS haters. Oh, it's a retirement league. Well, let's see. The top scorer from the eighth-best league or eighth-best team in the Premier League last season, the top scorer, the top scorer on the eighth-best Premier League team last season, Decided to come to MLS this year, and he's playing well, and he's playing with passion, and he's playing with fire. Oh, yeah, a terrible move, as I drip with sarcasm. I mean, come on. Oh, it's a retirement league, Denholm, and I'm so tired of hearing you. If you say that, I watched Arsenal bring on Stefan Licksteiner from the bench. He's 34 years old. Premier League's in a retirement league. I mean, that's how dumb it is to say that. Zlatan is banging in amazing goals for L.A. Galaxy. It's a, it's a retirement league, Denholm. Really? He scored everywhere in his whole life. Are you dumb, brother? In- yes, exactly, including Manchester United. Oh, by the way. So stop with this. Just enjoy it. Oh, and that's my whole point of this. I don't even care that people hate MLS for dumb reasons. Like, I don't care about you. But you're, you're just sad, and you're missing out. That's all. Just enjoy it. I, I, you go to an LAFC game and try not to have an amazing time. Try not to have fun and try not to love the heck out of it at an LAFC game. I pretty much assure you you can't. That's what I'm talking about. And if you're going to be, I mean, come on. Wayne Rooney, if you're not enjoying what he's doing with DC United as a soccer fan, then shame on you. What is the point? You're just being ridiculous now. He's doing great things immediately with DC United. Clearly coming in with a fire in his gut. And that's all you can ask. And it's it's not always perfect. No, of course. Issues. Yeah, absolutely. But don't just absolutely don't just ignore something for such stupid reasons, just such Now, I do have a beef with Zlatan we got to talk about that still to come. Yeah, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. you got a little beef with him. And yet I kind of understand where he's coming from. That next. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. This health report on Soccer Weekly sponsored by LA Care is the nation's largest community-inspired health plan. LA Care is elevating the health care in the city of angels. LA Care for all of LA, LA Care. Org. A bit of a rough go for LA Galaxy on the injury front. Roman Alessandrini, Gio Dos Santos with knee and leg injuries respectively. Then you got Jonathan Dos Santos battling a groin injury. Now Michael Ciani has a hamstring issue. So those are four starters that the LA Galaxy are going to have to deal with. For LAFC, of course, Mark Anthony K had that fractured ankle surgery. It went well, according to the team. I saw him up in one of the booths watching the game with some of his teammates and, uh, you know, didn't get a chance to talk to him personally as I was actually calling the game in the next booth, but he looked like he was in good spirits, enjoyed the game, so that's good to see Mark Anthony K. Adama Diamande had been questionable with the left hamstring. He was part of the 18 yesterday. He did not play 
against RSL in that game yesterday night, which you heard here on ESPN LA 710. But that is good news that Ardama Diamande was part of the 18. This is your LA Care Health Report. Now, something I got to tell you, you know how much I uh, loathe VAR, video assisted replay. It's, it's part of MLS. It was used in the World Cup. I loathe it for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the sport is built on passion. But secondly, I loathe it because of the implementation, right? Sometimes a, a, a crew will decide not to look at something. Sometimes a crew will decide not even to take, you know, call back. It doesn't make any sense, right? If you want a hundred percent of the calls right, then you're just you're missing out because you have to then look at everything. How can a, how can a crew decide now that's not good enough to look at, or that's not worthy enough, or we're not even going to take a peek at that? That doesn't make any sense. First of all, you shouldn't want a hundred percent of the calls right. You should want about 98% of the calls right and passion in the sport. You don't need 99% right. You're never going to get 100. You don't need 99 when you can have 98% of the calls right and passion. And trust me, this is a recipe for disaster in the long run when it comes to the love of the game. I am smarter than you on this. I have been talking about this for years now, and you have to trust me. I've done the thinking about this more than you have. And here is the host of Soccer Weekly. You know I've been on top of this. And you've got to listen to me when I tell you. I, 20 years ago, I told you the NFL would disappear eventually because of the health issues. People laughed at me and mocked me. It's going to be the first major sport that disappear, disappears because of the health concerns. I don't want it to do that. And it's not going to happen in my lifetime or probably yours. But it's the truth. And then I'm, now I'm telling you VAR can be a very dangerous thing for this sport. Well, it's also horrible for a guy calling a game. And Mario Rees, the fearless producer of this show and also the great producer of the LAFC broadcast, knows what I'm talking about when it comes to me and VAR and the rest of the play-by-play people in the world. We have to put up with this. Now, it's a minor beef because, yeah, what do you care, right? You're just listening to the game and you're hearing a great call and you, you know, hearing a fantastic sport. But it can get frustrating and it's probably getting frustrating for you. This is what happened yesterday. Edward Atuesta with every defender in front of him. Lays it off to Failhaber at midfield. Failhaber looking forward. Making the run there is Fela. Just at the 18. Gets around the keeper, Romano. Still in the area without the angle. Fela onto his left foot. Crosses it in. Ramirez. Goal! Christian Ramirez. No offside. They say offside. What? Yeah. Oh, we got to take a look at that. The offside flag went up. What? The what? official is in what? his ear talking with VAR. And that was from the heart, because I didn't know what in the world was going on. Well, it's partially because the assistant referees have been told, of course, to keep the flag down when it's close. Which, of course, means we don't even really need you, assistant referee, because we have VAR, apparently. And then they let the play go on, and Carlos Vela puts the perfect ball, inch perfect, to Christian Ramirez's head. He buries it. Everybody gets excited. But wait. What? Couldn't they have just called the offside right away? Really? No, Denholm, because then they can check VAR, because if he wasn't offside, this is ridiculous. Make the call. What? Exactly. Thank you. At least we got that gem of a piece. We got piece the gem. Of... I, know, I knew you were going to come up with that, Mario. <laughs> Love it. It's too good. What? Unbelievable. It, it, but that's the, fine. We'll play that whenever it's time to head scratch. And VAR for the most part. And again, this is not just MLS. A lot of people are using VAR, right? I mean, a lot of leagues are starting to use it. Kudos to the Premier League. I give them a lot of grief sometimes, but kudos to the Premier League for holding off from using it so far. Now, I'm not saying they're going to do that forever. It's probably on its way. I am a realist. Even if I don't like it, I understand. But this is one of the issues. I love MLS. 
I love the beautiful game. You know this, but it, it, this is not a good thing. And it's not a good thing for uh, calling games, by the way, because then you get me all riled up like that. You hear a great, uh, you hear, you hear, hear like a great crowd reaction because they're pumped about it. You hear me call the goal and then boom. What? Yeah. What? (laughs) One more time. What? Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, that's uh, I might want to say that to uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic right now, if you don't mind, and for his uh, for what's going on with Zlatan and LA Galaxy. Can you get what? Yeah. Well, Zlatan, uh, we're not sure if he's going to play in Seattle. Of course, a big game coming up against Seattle Sounders because it's on the turf, right? Zlatan is uh, doesn't play on the turf. Now, here's the thing. On one level, I don't disagree with Zlatan hate the turf you me and everybody else really let's be realistic most people don't like it it's just a reality in some in some cities in some places in some stadiums in mls and around the world by the way don't like it it's not optimal and i understand some players you know it, it, maybe they think there's more of an injury risk maybe there is well, at some point, Zlatan, suck it up. Now, I know Thierry Henry used to do some of this, I believe, or at least I think he did with New York Red Bulls occasionally. I don't know if it was like more official, but I don't think, uh, I don't think a lot of people like the turf. I get it. But Zlatan, suck it up, man. If you're the, if you're the beast, if you're the lion, you gotta get out there on that turf and play. Because this is a massive game for MLS really i mean for both teams right and and be, and you know unless you think as a as an LAFC fan it doesn't really matter no this game matters tremendously in the standings for everybody who's involved in the race it's not just that's the thing that's what i'm pointing out this game's going on saturday early saturday this game's big for a lot of teams not just LA Galaxy and Seattle it's big for everybody who's involved in that race including LAFC now you can say well you know we hate the Galaxy, we want them to lose, but, you know, you don't necessarily know how the the standings are going to shake out. And this is a massive six-point type of game. So you you can't just sit there and say, well, you know, he just doesn't want to play on turf. At some point, you got to get it done. Right? And you have to suck it up. Now, if there's an injury concern, 100%. I'm all for that. You just heard me read the LA Galaxy injury report officially released by MLS. Didn't have Zlatan's name on it, did it? Nope. At least not as far as I can tell. Not that I've seen. So, you know, at some point, man, suck it up. 877-710-ESPN. What do you think about that? Zlatan's decision to, you know, he's I don't think it's 100% yet. It will he or won't he for this particular game, but... It, it, it just calls into question. Like, let's just let's get this going. You got to play. Show up and get it done. And you know, anybody who knows Latan Ibrahimovic for more than four minutes knows that if he does show up, he will get it done. He's that good. Okay, I get that. But you know, it's time. At this time of year, you can't really afford to miss him. And I know. I mean, if it's a contract thing again, I'm a realist. If it's in his deal that he doesn't have to play on turf or whatever, and I'm not saying it is, I'm saying if any anybody has those, okay. Maybe that's what some people have had in their contracts. That's perfectly fine. If they put it in, then that's what the team has to live with. 
And if the team agreed to it, whatever. But if that's not the case, if they're just bending over backwards, well, at some point you've got to stop bending. 877-710-ESPN. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, your thoughts. If you're catching this on, remember, podcasting, you can go to iTunes, search for Soccer Weekly, go through the ESPN Pod Center, listen to the show, download it, subscribe, rate, review, tell everybody. If you love the show, you tell your friends. If you hate the show, you tell your enemies to listen, to punish them. It's just simple. So if, you, if you're listening to it then, you, know, you can still hit me up on Twitter with your thoughts, at TalkSoccer. But it's a delicate situation, no doubt, and we've seen it before. This is, he's not the only one. It, again, on one level, you can respect it and say, yeah, I hate, the, I hate the turf. Seattle's turf is dreadful, so hard to play on. It's awful. And this is my opinion. You can't be calling yourself some super club. You're not that big of a club when you're playing on the garbage turf. You're just not. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. For some reasons, it always feels like Portland's turf plays better. That's just maybe the way I'm viewing it. And I'm no fan of the Portland Timbers, mind you. But, yeah, there there, there are some differences potentially as well. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Superman is joining the show next. Christian Ramirez, LAFC forward with me here on Soccer Weekly. Stick around. I am Dave Dunholm. This is the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly is brought to you by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. We appreciate their support. 877-710-ESPN to do it. Roger in San Pedro is done. He's next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm. Welcome, Roger. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Good, man. Um, I don't blame Zlatan for not wanting to play on turf. I mean, He's he's old. And he's coming off uh, uh, his first major knee injury ever in his career, mm-hmm. and um, no other league plays on turf. Look, I understand that. They're not allowed to play on on turf either. So. That, first of all, that's not true. There are some leagues that do, obviously, weather related. You know, teams, you know, places up in the Scandinavian countries. Well, no, but no major league plays. No, no. Uh, no, no English Premier League club plays on turf. No, it's true. But he, you know, he signed with a league knowing full well that this is an option. And here's the thing: I understand where you're coming from. I don't disagree with them. I hate turf fields. Right? They're just I. They're, I just prefer the grass fields, of course. But this is a big game. This is a big game for the yeah, Galaxy, so- the Sounders, for Real Salt Lake, for Portland, for LAFC, for Sporting Kansas City, for FC. This is a big game, and. This, we're talking about integrity here now, the league, you know, like you, obviously if Zlatan's hurt or if there's a concern with his knee and it's not a hundred percent, you're fine. Okay. That's what you're going to, it's what, that's what you're going to use for your reasoning. Fine. But you know, you can't just say, well, I don't like playing on turf. And I'm not saying that he's going to miss the game. I'm not saying that's what he's saying, right. but we've seen this, you know, you got to be careful with this kind of thing. These are big games. These, these but six don't you points. Think that he also has to be careful with his, the history of his knee. And that's fine. And if that's because of his age. Yeah. I got no problem with that, Roger. I, I really don't. But you know, the knee can go out getting out of a bathtub. You know, I mean, it's not, yeah, uh, no, that's true. you know, it's that's not, true. I mean, and, I, and I love, and I love seeing him play. I mean, yeah. that's the, he's the only reason to watch a galaxy. Well, I appreciate the phone call, Roger. Thank you so much. And it's, I mean, Roger's not wrong. It's his opinion. Who could argue? I mean, you know, you can't argue with what people are saying about that kind of thing. I, I don't disagree on a lot of, on a lot of the points that you're making. It's just, it, that's where I keep coming back to. It's a massive game for more than just 
LA Galaxy and Seattle Sounders. It's a massive game for the Western Conference. And I understand, again, concerns, rest, uh, injury issue. Of course, all these things factor in with people missing games, and it's just part of it. So if he does, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and rant about how he's the worst player. How could they, you know, no. It happens. And if he decides to miss the game or if he's concerned about the knee, maybe it's not 100%. Fine. Yeah. I'm just bringing it up because it is a big issue. But what it points to is, and it's something that Roger talked about that I don't disagree on, the turf. Not in love with it. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer, with all the things going on around the world. We saw the premiership get going, right? You uh, you heard uh, you know me talk about what I thought was my you know, predictions going into the season, of course, you know, I mean, come on, take them for what they're worth. I try to do my study and I try to, you know, do the best I can. We all do, but it's a long season, so you can't get too jazzed also about one week. You know, I mean, it's it, 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 these things will play out, but I did like what I see out of Man City. They're the team that I picked to win, you know, that's, let's be honest, they look good. <laughs> and I, I like Unai Emery at Arsenal, so don't worry, Arsenal fans. Things will get better. One game, not going to kill anybody. Uh, but the news coming out of Europe on this day, it's not so much about the premiership. And again, Jeff Carlisle, killing it, wrote up something about this. you got to check out his work at ESPN.com in the soccer section, ESPNFC. La Liga, they're going to play real league games in the United States, much like the NFL does, as we know, in London and Mexico and other, you know, the the, the, you know, the Major League Baseball has done it. Um, NBA, I mean, the leagues are doing it. Well, La Liga is coming here with real, quote-unquote, league games, right? So apparently they're going to do a 15-year venture. It's with relevant sports. They're the ones who do the International Champions Cup that we see every summer, you know, for all the the friendlies, if you will. Uh, I would prefer to call them irrelevant sports, but that's just me. <laughs> but, no, it, here's the thing. I don't like this. Now, I got no beef with La Liga. I watch it. I follow it. We're all soccer fans. Most of you anyway. Some of you listen even though you don't like soccer. I get it. But I like La Liga. It's a good league. Of course. I got no problem with that. But I don't need them playing regular games here. The NFL goes to play in London because there is nothing like the NFL in London. Right? The NBA goes to play a game. MLB, they're the best of the best. Now, you can say, well, La Liga is, too. It doesn't Look, it's a different kind of thing, and you know what I'm talking about. Right? If we don't need Real Sociedad coming here to play Betis. Now, I know you're telling me, oh, Denholm, it's going to be Real Madrid versus whoever every year. Maybe. We don't even need that. Right? This game is too big for this. Soccer is too big. It's global. Do you want to go watch Barcelona play a league game? Get on a plane. Grab your jersey and get on a plane and go. Well, no, a lot of people can't do that. I get it. But that doesn't mean we have to now watch these teams come over here and play regular season games. It's just, it's intrusion. Bottom line. Absolute intrusion. 
So I just don't, I don't like it. And I don't care what you're telling me about it. If you're fans of those teams, well, whatever. Like I said, go travel over there and watch it. You in Huntington Beach who's never been past the Rockies who wants to tell me how, how much of a fan of Arsenal you are because you wear the jersey. Right? Whatever. And by the way, if you're doing that kind of stuff, like, and you're, you know, if you're just some dude who, like, some surfer dude and, uh, you know, and you're like some massive Arsenal fan and you've never been outside of the county or whatever, it's not cool, right? You've got your own teams. You've got them here, more importantly. And that's why I love MLS, frankly. And I, I love what this guy's been doing. Uh, of course, he did it for Minnesota United for a while, and uh, we weren't in love with that here at LAFC. But he is now a member of the Black and Gold, one of the newest members, and he really made his presence felt last evening at Bank of California Stadium. They call him Superman. He is Christian Ramirez. Christian, thanks so much for taking the time and joining us here. Oh, Thank you for having me. Well, Christian, walk us through, man, your first two goals for the black and gold. They were uh, definitely different types of goals in the 13th and 30th minutes. What happened in those? Um, oh, well, it was just a blur. Um, the first one, uh, we picked up a ball in a good spot defensively, and uh, Bella and I talked about the specific play um, leading up to the game with my movement when he comes inside on his left foot. Um, yeah. He's got a world-class left foot, and... Um, put the ball right in stride, and um, I, I got a good touch on it and was able to finish it. Um, so credit to Vela and credit to the guys for the defensive work that won us that ball. Um, so it was great to start the game off on, on that high of a note. Yeah. Myself personally, and I know for the team, the last couple of results really hadn't gone our way, um, so that was always good. And then the second one, uh, the goal that I've, I've come across many times in my career is like, <laughs> The more and more I play, the more and more I get in these random opportunities where a ball falls um, at my feet, and <laughs> I had six yards out, and I just tuck it away. Yeah, it's funny. I kind of joked on the broadcast, Christian. I called it the through the clown's mouth there as the two nutmegs. It looked like putt-putt golf going through there. And are those kind of kind of tricky sometimes? Like. Because you're not seeing that until the last minute. Are you just you just have to anticipate it's going to make its way through from Edward? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you watch the replay, uh, I'm backing up and I'm setting my feet up. Yeah. Um, so that my, my body's square onto the angle that possibly the ball can come so that I'm prepared for anything. And all it is is just a little redirection into the goal. And, um, plenty of times if your feet aren't set, um, that, that ball will go over the bar or, or go wide. So, um, it's something that takes practice. And if anybody watching is just, just resetting your feet, um, goes a long way. See, now that's interesting, Christian, and we're talking with Christian Ramirez, the, the uh, most recent addition of LAFC. He got going last night with a couple of big goals in the 2-0 win over Real Soleil, kind of get LAFC on track there, get him uh, three points, a, a massive three points. But you bring up something that's interesting that I've been talking about. Look, how much of the goal scorer's mentality and skill can be taught, and then how much of it is is just knowing what you know and the instinct that you have on that particular goal. I mean, there are two, as we mentioned, two entirely different goals, but how much of that can be taught by people to you, and then how much of it is just Christian Ramirez just has that in him? Um, well, the first goal, that's definitely taught. Um, just recognizing the moment of where the space is behind me um, and where Vela's coming inside. Um, so plenty of times you work on those movements at practice. Um, it doesn't matter which club you're at, and 
you just work on the timing to make sure that that ball's fired in and you have a good first touch. And the second one is just I naturally just kind of drift to the middle of the goal naturally uh, in in my career. And um, I, I watched Bella make a run in front of me to the near post, so I knew there was going to be space behind me, and I kept looking over my shoulder to see whereabouts the defenders were, and um, I had half a yard. Um, and that's all you need really in that area is just half a yard to get to get an, a shot off and um, that's that's something that has just become instinct to me is find yourself in, in an open area in the middle of the goal and good things will happen. All right, I got to bring you back, Christian. This is going to sound weird, and I'm going to sound like an idiot, but I don't care. The only goal I ever really scored was in eighth grade, and I was came in as a sub. I was terrible, and as I scored the goal, everything it was like one of those movie scenes where you don't really believe it. It all slowed down. The ball just kind of felt like it was traveling like at two miles an hour, hit the back of the net in slow motion. And then everything went nuts, and I didn't remember anything. What is it like to score a real goal, Christian? Like, what does it feel like to score in MLS or to score at a high level like that and and see the ball go in the back? I mean, do you kind of black out a little bit, or do you just know it's going in? What is that like? Uh, I'll be honest. I, I blacked out yesterday on the first yeah. goal. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know what went on. Um, I grabbed my shirt. I didn't know what to do with my hand. Um, it, it was just... For me personally, it was a surreal moment. Um, sort of all the hard work that's gone into um, this journey so far to get me to this point, and um, I couldn't be more thankful um, to start off my career with LAFC like that um, on my first start. Um, so I definitely blacked out on, on that goal. Um, but then after that, the second goal felt felt normal. Um, I went through my whole little routine that I do my hand up to my ear, jumped and celebrated and then found my teammates because I'm always thanking my teammates um, for finding me in good spots. Well, that is funny. I mean, it's just so true. You know, we hear great strikers talk about that. And, you know, of course, soccer, it is kind of weird, Christian, because the striker kind of gets all the credit in the end. But you guys, the great, you know, the great strikers who are scoring goals know that it's all about the setups and it's about the midfield building and it's about your wingers. And, and talk a little bit about playing with a guy like Carlos Vela. It hasn't been long for you right now. Obviously, you're just start, still trying to get to know him, but this guy is really special. Oh, he's incredible. Um, I was lucky enough to play with his brother in Minnesota for mm-hmm. six months. Um, so I got to know um, his brother pretty well and still talk to him. And now to be able to, to play with Carlos has been unreal. If you would have told me that I'd be playing with one of the best players in the world, um, the, I would think he'd be crazy. Um, and it's not just Carlos. I mean, he's such a great person on and off the field. He, he's welcomed me since I first got here. My locker got set up right next to his. Um, Diego's also uh, an incredible player. Benny, Lee, um, the list goes on. I mean, the, the attacking presence that this team has makes a job like me uh, easy. Um, and I just have to put myself in good spots and continue to work to to show the guys that I'm doing the work for them and they'll, they'll repay me with, with good service. We are talking with Christian Ramirez, the new addition to LAFC. He's playing now in his home area, growing up in Southern California. Christian, let me ask you, speaking of that, and we, we've talked a little bit, you and I, about the, you growing up and playing and, and taking it off the pitch. What was soccer like for you as a kid? Now, sometimes, you know, guys don't really get into a sport until they get a little older. Were you always in love with the game? What was your favorite team? Was that kind of part of your life? Yeah. Um, soccer was was taught to me by my dad. and uh, In Colombia, it's 
it's more than just a sport and a way of life. And yeah. that's how I've been brought up. It was soccer and nothing else. I never got the opportunity to play any other sport. Never wanted to. Um, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. It, this has been my lifelong dream, and I've chased it. I'm living it, and I wouldn't want it any other way. As much as I'm a, I'm a big Laker fan, diehard, and watch basketball um, every night. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine myself playing basketball. Uh, <laughs> so I'm thankful that I'm able to play soccer. Well, it is funny how people talk about, oh, we should, we should. If only the greatest, you know, athletes play. You know, if only the great, like LeBron James. Play, and I always tell people, yeah, he'd be a gangly, awkward forward. I mean, you know, you're a pretty tall dude for soccer, though. <laughs> you, but it doesn't translate to the NBA as much. At uh, yeah, six two, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd be a short point guard. Yeah, it's funny. Allen Iverson is taller than you know was taller than you. But it is funny that uh, it is such a unique set of skills, Christian. You talk about your dad teaching you that, and what a great thing that is. Who, who was your pop's team? Like, who did he? Who was his team back in uh, you know Colombia? What was it? Did he have a favorite? Uh, national. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I got a buddy from Colombia here. I can appreciate that. So uh, the, the, the passion uh, down there is unreal. There's no doubt about it. Well, we're seeing the passion in the stands here, Christian. Your thoughts on the uh, fans at the, at the bank so far and what LAFC has built in such a short time? Oh, it's been incredible. Um, the first time that my, my little four-month-old had to be at the stadium um, last night, and I had to buy her last-minute pair of the noise canceling headphones uh. because the stadium filled out. Um, so it's credit to the fans. The 3252 is incredible. Um, they they bring the whole stadium up, and from warm ups to the end of the game, um, they're up chanting and they're getting everybody else involved. It's an electric atmosphere. Well, this guy certainly did his best to help the 3252 yesterday with two goals in the 13th and 30th minutes. They were more than enough as LAFC beat RSL. You heard it right here on ESPN LA 710. 2-0 behind his goals. Christian, uh, for the first two of many, we hope, uh, congratulations, and uh, thanks so much for taking the time and joining us. Uh, best of luck with LAFC. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. LAFC forward Christian Ramirez. Of course, he was getting it done at Minnesota United, had seven goals there. Now he adds two more, his first two for the black and gold, and we appreciate him joining us on the show. And uh, just, just a good dude. And you like to root for people in sports, of course, when they're on your favorite team. But you also it doesn't hurt when they're uh, good guys as well. So uh, Christian Ramirez getting going for the black and gold when they needed it most. Those were the 46th and 47th goals of the season for LAFC, his first two with the black and gold. Thanks so much for him for joining us. Appreciate that. But we still got more with Soccer Weekly. We've got stoppage time and the great Mario Rees joining me. I am Dave Denholm. You are listening to the home of world football in Southern California where... Well, of course, it's ESPNLA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPNLA 710. And we're just hanging out here, as we always do, for an hour each week. But if you miss anything, you missed the interview just moments ago with Christian Ramirez of LAFC, you can always podcast it. I send those out. It's at the ESPN Pod Center. You can also find it on iTunes, of course. And we really appreciate all of that. Now, I want to do something right now and uh, dig a little deeper into the Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this! Right now. No, it's funny. We just talked with Christian Ramirez, of course. That was a big part of what we, uh, how we talked about LAFC. And, but the Black and Gold Breakdown today is actually focusing on the CONCACAF 
under 13 Champions League. Yeah, you heard me right. I am a sicko for the world of soccer, so I am following the CONCACAF under 13 Champions League, which you can actually watch on the uh, the website too and you, they, they'll actually stream the games i'm not saying you got to spend too much time at it there are just 13 year old kids so let's not put too much pressure on them but it is fun to just kind of keep track of what's happening with lafc's academy team well so far so good in their first two matches they are part of the un- under 13 champions league they beat mount pleasant of jamaica 4-1 in their first game and then uh, kudos to the black and gold youngsters beating yucatan 4-1 also today. So they got a game against Plaza Amador coming up tomorrow morning. And, uh, you know, like, for instance, other games that have been going on, Montreal Impact's a part of it. They've lost to Tampico uh, 1-0 earlier in the day. Toronto FC beat Olympia a couple of days ago 3-0. Then I think TFC actually, yeah, they beat San Juan Japlote 2-1 today. So they're off to a good start. Alajuelense uh, is doing pretty well. Atlas, I believe, has a team in this, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, the CONCACAF. Under 13 Champions League. Yeah, I know. I'm a sicko, but I'm following along. I just want, I'm just curious, mildly curious to see how Todd Saldana and all the guys over at LASC Academy are doing. And so far, so good playing pretty well in this under 13 Champions League. We'll keep you updated on that as well. Maybe I won't actually, because, you know, I mean, look, I don't want to, again, you don't want to put too much pressure on kids with the wins and losses, but it is part of the sport here. So uh, speaking of part of the sport, This is the best part of the show. It's the best part of soccer each and every week in Southern California. And it is, of course, stoppage time. Yeah, for the record, that was not like some cool hip radio Dan Patrick pause. That was me forgetting the name (laughs) of the segment. What? Find new roads at Puente Hill Chevy off the 60 freeway in the city of industry. The San Gabriel Valley Chevy store say habla espanol Puente Hill Chevy. The sponsor of the great Stoppage Time. And speaking of great, he is the host of Stoppage Time and the producer of the show, Mario Rees. Mario. Dave, what's happening, my man? Not too bad if I could ever remember the name of the segment. <laughs> it's all good. Don't sweat Jeez. it. Hey, so uh, we got the FIFA World Rankings. They just came out today. And we got some big drop-offs here, and we got some pretty big jumps as well. Okay. Uh, Croatia, they jumped 16 spots to number four. To number four. Yeah, number okay. four. And, and then a big drop fell? off. Germany dropped 14. Oh, okay. You mean the team that just gagged in yeah. the World Cup? <laughs> exactly. See, here's the thing, Mario. With the FIFA rankings, though, that come out right after the World Cup, we just had the FIFA rankings play out on the pitch for a month. It was called the World Cup, right? Exactly. That's what, what I'm thinking. What's Belgium and Brazil doing at two and three, and Croatia's at four? Didn't Croatia just make it to the final and lose to France, who's number one? In fairness, France did jump up six spots to number one. That's great. England's at six. Uruguay's at five. I understand they had rankings previous, but, like, what just happened in the World Cup? Doesn't that settle it for a while at least? Yeah, doesn't that reset the world rankings and just start from there? Whatever happened in the World Cup, let's just start from there. That's the rankings. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I understand they do their little formulations and computers and all that. Well, a good place to start and stop is the World Cup (laughs) since it's only every four years. What? Yeah, it makes no sense to me that uh, they would like not have exactly – how the World Cup shook down, you know what I mean? And just start from there. You're absolutely right. Of course. I agree, Dave. Well, what? hey, did we just settle everything or what? You got anything else, brother, in stoppage time? That's all we got, my man. Oh, man. Well, look, if you take a look deeper in the rankings, Mexico currently 16th. It makes sense, right? They always lose in the round of 16. Right. I get that. Uh, you know, but it, it, like, and, and a lot of these teams, in fairness, they're pretty close. 
But, of course, we've always had a beef with the FIFA rankings. I thought over the last few years, believe it or not, FIFA's system has gotten a lot better. So the rankings are a little bit more intriguing. Iceland, though, ranked 32nd. Okay, tied with Iran and Costa Rica. Yeah, okay, they didn't do great in the World Cup, but Ireland's in front of them. Romania is in front of them. Last I checked, Northern Ireland is in front of all those teams. Slovakia, they didn't make the world. Austria's 23rd in the world, Mario. Now, my list here is only 1 through 20, so where do we have U.S. at? 22nd. 22nd. They the World Cup. Mm. Italy's 21st. They didn't make the Start them at 33, right? Rebuild. Right. Yep. That doesn't make any sense. Wales is 19th in the world rankings. Netherlands, 17th. Netherlands was terrible in World Cup qualifying. Just dreadful. Chile is 12th. They only fell three spots, Mario. We got Peru rounding out the top 20 at number 20. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, they didn't even get a point in the World Cup. I don't, or they didn't get out of their group, I beg your pardon. But, Mario, <laughs> Chile's 12th. They only fell three spots. How can I trust these rankings? <laughs> Who's they, coming up they, with these rankings here? I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know what? And, and most people would say, well, Denholm, that would mean Saudi Arabia's 31st. Well, okay, for now. And if they lose, they'll drop in the rankings the way you have it. But, I mean, it is kind of ridiculous. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense there. And that's, uh, you know, just to kind of, like, look at the rankings and see, oh, yeah, this team's, tw- you know, 12th or 18th. They didn't even make the World Cup. Like, I mean, let's just start over, gang. I think Mario's absolutely right about that. That's the best way to look at it. It is the best way to ingest this show each and every week here live every Monday through Friday. I do thank you for doing that. But, again, if you miss anything or if you got some friends around the world who love the beautiful game, I know a lot of you do and have been preaching about Soccer Weekly, and I truly appreciate your support. You can hit us up on Twitter at TalkSoccer to continue the conversation. If you want to hear the interview with Christian Ramirez, you can always podcast the show. Go to your favorite podcast catcher. Go to iTunes. Check us out on the ESPN Pod Center. We put it up quickly. Thanks to Michael Funches. Thanks to Steve Pillett. Thanks so much to Mario Rees, the usual cast of suspects here at Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Dunholm. Thanks so much to you for listening. This is the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710.